Alrighty. Let's all begin. So, what we are going to do is this is our humanware fun, happy, happy, joy, joy session. We're going to talk about braille and blind, braille blindness, braille products that blind people use that have braille <laughs> in particular. Uh, but no, so guys, we're going to talk about the Braille Touch Plus and the Brilliant uh, Braille displays. I really want to spend some time going over kind of what we did and what's new with the Braille Note Touch Plus. Um, I then want to talk about, not too long, but talk about the Brilliant 14. I do want to do some demonstrations and I want to take lots of questions because questions are awesome. So for those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Peter Tusik and I am the brand ambassador of Blindness Products for Humanware. I am from Chicago, Illinois. Woo! That's right, doggone it. <laughs> I am a proud Chicago guy. Oh, I'm a White Sox season ticket holder, but that's okay. Oh. All right. Awesome. So, I uh, so I'm from Chicago, but I travel on a weekly basis and kind of cruise all over the place. And I primarily work with kiddos and teachers and end users like yourselves. So, and I am totally blind. I've been a user of the brand load since the year 2000. Um, when the very first two Braille Note Classic at that time came out. And then use the F Power and then use the PK. How many fans of the PK do we have there? Are we have any fans of the PK? Yes. Good, we have a couple. They're very enthusiastic. I like that. Yes. <laughs> Normally it's like, whoa, where's the PK? But unfortunately, PK was, <laughs> well, don't worry. <laughs> It was a it was a, it was a small umbrella. It's not coming back. Uh, it's not coming back. So I understand the, the unenthusiastic yes for the for the, uh, the user out there. But use the PK and then the Apex and the Touch. And what we saw over time, and what has kept the Braille note going for all these years, is Keysoft and the way that Keysoft has evolved. So when the Braille note Touch came out in the year 2000. Um, it really solved and, and worked at a time when computers were just not very accessible, right? I mean, out of the box, there was JAWS. I, I have been a JAWS user since 97, 98. I'm sure some people in the room have used JAWS even longer. Um, but at that time, it was very fragmented, right? It, it was challenging to gain access to mainstream platforms. We have seen that change drastically. Um, I think all of us, I'd say 98.62 percent of the people at the ACB convention this year are smartphone users, probably more, right? So we're all using mainstream technology in some facet. We all use multiple tools in our toolboxes. Um, and, and I think it, it really is a testament to just how far things have come. But at the same time, the Braille Note has evolved in, in many, many ways as well. So we'll kind of be looking at that with the Braille Note Touch Plus. How many people here have used a Braille Note since before the Apex, they get claps. Anybody use F-Powers? How about Apex users? Is anybody like saying that we won't get the Apex out of your cold, dead hands? <laughs> there any of you in the room? <laughs> any proud Apex users who are still cold? <laughs> Last vestiges of their devices? I do. I want the, the Apex Brickbacks from Love it. And actually, I, I, I will address, I'll be talking about QT and things like that too, because there are some things that are that I, I definitely want feedback, so we'll be getting there. But the Apex, when we launched the Touch in 2015, or I'm sorry, 16, we announced it kind of teased it at the end of 15, but in 16, 
when the Braille Note Touch came out, it was the, the first of its kind. It was an actual, you know, for the first time, an AT product that was launched in conjunction with a mainstream sort of company. We were on stage with Eve Anderson from Google, who is awesome. Um, and Google was a big partner and really worked with us to develop that product and bring everything forward. What we noticed, though, what we saw over the, what the next three-ish years, and now three-plus years, was the product was extremely well received. It could do so many neat things, and it brought kind of what the note-taker was. It truly brought it forward. For the first time, a note-taker could be used with cloud-based learning management systems or things like Google Drive or Dropbox um, independently of you know, just some proprietary app. You could download things like Spotify or Netflix. Um, you were able to do that on a Braille-first product. And I was in, in earlier in the Bits presentation uh, that I was doing, I was talking about the fact that we as blind people, we really, we don't read enough Braille, right? We don't truly read the world around us, and it affects, a lot of times, we're pretty atrocious spellers. Um, we're not the best at spelling words, and it's because we don't read. We just, we don't read like sighted people do. We're not surrounded by print. I can't just glance around the room and read things, whether it's an exit sign or somebody's t-shirt or just some papers <coughs> that happen to be laying on a desk. I can only read them if they're in Braille. I can only access that material you know, from a literacy standpoint if it is in Braille. So our whole goal with this product is to bring a Braille-first sort of experience. And that's been great, but what we heard was there's a lot of lag. There's a lot of apps that crash. Right? There are things that are not as snappy as we would like. Um, and we wanted to really address that. So we took the Braille Note Touch and we re kind of, you know, rethought about the way we were designing the product and we looked at what we could do and we came up with the Braille Note Touch Plus that will be with us now for several years. And I'll talk about that too because product, product lifespan is important to this. And this is going to be something I'll touch on. But with the Braille Note Touch Plus, we were able to take a modern platform. So we were able to take Android Oreo we will be moving forward from Oreo. But we were able to take Android Oreo and we were able to use it as our as our basis for the product. So we were launching, in, and if we look at kind of current Android usage, yes, Android P is out. It is on more phones each day, but it still is not, you know, most of Android devices are running O or really are, are running either, you know, either going to be O or, um, or Nougat, which is at, see how I came up with that? Nougat starts with N. I could not think of what it was called. But they're all running N or O, and then we'll see things kind of slide into P, which is Pi, and then whatever Q is going to be, and I always joke, I have no idea what a Q dessert is. Somebody said a Queen Anne. I don't know what that is, so I hope. Cherry. A what? It's a cherry. It's a cherry? Quiche. Maybe. A quiche. Sugar quiche. But I'm always I'm always curious as to what they're going to call Q, and I, I, don't, I don't know if they know, but I guess it's, you know, we're going to find out very soon. But, um, we were able to, to launch a device. We use a Snapdragon 820 processor, so the device is extremely fast. How many people in the room have gotten their hands on a Touch Plus? Is that anybody up? How many people are using them? Yes, that's awesome. How many people, and, and this one is important to me, how many people notice the difference from a Braille Note Touch Plus to a Braille Note Touch in terms of stability and speed? That's awesome. Because we've noticed a huge difference not just in the speed. If you just take something as simple as the startup time, it'll illustrate it right away, right? You're going from about 25 seconds, uh, sorry, about 40, 50, 60, sometimes 70, 80 seconds, down to about 25. 20 to 25 seconds should be your expected startup time. And that is awesome. 
The other thing is you're not getting all that crashing in the background. Will things still stop working? Absolutely. Things stop working on my iPhone. I get dumped out to the home screen. Same thing will happen on the Touch Plus. It's going to happen, but nowhere near as much as it, as it was happening on the Chromebook Touch. We had to move forward. <laughs> With our new board, we can finally have a product that's extremely powerful is going to be able to move forward with some things that I'll demonstrate today. Um, I know some people might want to see selecting text in non-editable fields. I have an alpha that I'll be demonstrating where we can do that um, and kind of looking at some starting points for that, as well as the ability to customize our main menu. People have always asked me, when can I add what I want to the main menu? Um, and we will be able to do that as well. So I'll be, I'll be demonstrating that. But the main differences on the Touch Plus are two big things. One is the way that we're working with the web and web views. We're using Google Chrome. Um, Google Chrome is going to give us real web navigation. Now, we switched to Chrome, and then right away, Chrome broke. So, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And they, they have fixed it, kind of. Right, Chris? Right. Right. So, Chris is up here in the front for Mystic Access. How many people have used the Mystic Access tutorials? Thank you. Chris and Kim crush it, and Lisa crush it on those tutorials. Um, if you if you listen or, or have experienced what they've done with Google stuff, right? The Google Suite, the Apple Watch. I know you have one on the Alexa, right? Yep. You have one on Google Home. They do stuff, but for us, we we're very very lucky that they have put a ton of time into creating a um, into creating a Braille Note Touch audio tutorial. And I think last week, right, it finished? Yes. Plus. So the Braille Note Touch Plus audio tutorials are ready to rumble. So please, please, please utilize those. And we added two hours of content, so it's now 15 hours. 15 hours. And, and that's, you can get to it at mysticaccess.com. You can link to it from our website as well. Um, so please utilize that. That is really the, the brainchild of, of Chris and of everybody. But it's also, to me, brings me back to what we used to have. Remember. When we started learning or using JAWS many moons ago, or the Braille Speed, or other products that have good audio tutorials, they're hard to find now. And Mystic Access has brought them back, so we're really, really glad that we can be a part of that with them, um, and that they can they can help us tremendously in creating that content. So Chrome broke, right? And it will be fixed. Uh, but what Chrome gives us is the ability to move through modern web views. H for heading, B for button. L for link, right, and so on. Being able to eventually have true table navigation, uh, being able to really change the way we can navigate not just websites but third-party apps. I will. I'm sure some of you have probably heard me run through some demonstrations of like NLS Bar or some other apps. I, I can get into that if somebody would like. But when we're in third-party apps that have web views, anytime you see the word web view, meaning you're in an email message you're in a third-party app like Bard Mobile when you're searching browsing the Bard site. Um, many, many third-party apps use web views. You can use H for heading or B for button or E for edit box and so on. And that's awesome because that's what we do on our iPhones, right? We use our rotor and we know what we're looking for. Um, when I'm in the NFB Newsline app, I just look through those articles by heading, right? Um, we can do that same sort of thing in different spots here, depending on the third-party apps we're in. Also, Modern apps, right? Something like Chase, we couldn't install on the Braille Note Touch. We had to upgrade that board. We had to move it forward to be able to work with those apps. So the Chase app or something like Apple Music, uh, Google Classroom, a lot of those apps we were just not able to support because of the board we were running. 
And now we're able to not only support them, there are even some apps that, that still are fully supported on the original you know, first Realm Touch that won't update. And now, because of the version of Android, so on now on Plus, they will update. And not only for now, these this product, the longevity, we think about where we are and where we can go, we're looking at that typical product cycle that people were used to. That three to five years is, is going to be the, the, you know, the bottom end of where this product will live in longevity-wise, just because of what we can support in moving forward with Android and patches and things. So that is a great thing for us. So we're definitely glad to have that going on. So Chrome and WebView navigation. The other piece of that that sometimes gets overlooked is if you're on certain websites, you know when you use JAWS or NVDA, you can use the number row, dots one, dots, number of one through six, to move their heading levels one through six if they're marked up properly. And I say if because a lot of times <laughs> things are just not marked up proper, properly, right? So if they're done right though, you can use dots one through six, just like the number row, to jump to that specific heading level. Um, I usually take the example of Bard Mobile because it's a great one, and that I know when I search for a book in that app, I can jump to heading level four, that's my first audiobook result. So I can just press stop four, and boom, I'm right on that first book. Um, in order to move backwards by the element, so H for heading, B for button, G for graphic, whatever, O for list items, we can add backspace and enter to go the other way. Much like you would add shift on your computer to move backwards by heading or table or, or so on. So adding backspace and enter will move the other way. Chrome and WebView navigation is big. The second piece that's big is Easy Reader Plus. How many people in here have started to, has anybody started to dive into Easy Reader Plus? Awesome. Do you like it better than Victor Reader? In some ways. In some ways, I like it. And what we're going to do is we're going to really bring that forward. There are some pieces to the way we are able to interact with books that are vastly improved. So we're, we can now search for text within books um, using space with F, as in the find command. We can also jump in and you know, annotate bookmarks if we need to. So enter with M, we'll add a bookmark, and then we can annotate that bookmark. Or what I'm about to show is we can not look with the new kind of text selection stuff is we can select text from books and so on, kind of paste it in other places. And that will be very, very neat. Um, and, and I'll talk about that in, in a moment. Easy Reader Plus also gives us access to Bookshare, NFB Newsline, Project Gutenberg in one application. So before we had to use Go Read or some other way to download books, and then we would use you know, Victor Reader, the app, to open those books. Whereas now, we're using one application to open and seamlessly read those books. So we're trying, and this will expand. There's been some talk um, and some, some movement with Dolphin in terms of PDF support um, for PDF textbooks and things, because in, in the UK, where Dolphin is from, the RNIB Bookshare stuff is all PDF, so we, we want to be able to support that. And that will open many, many doors um, in terms of how we're able to really Broad in what Easy Reader Plus can do. So we, we really want to bring that kind of forward. Um, oh, yeah. So Easy Reader Plus, we'll, we'll look for that to expand. But I think as you use it, one other piece, when, when in Victor Reader, a lot of times the tracking was an issue. And you would start reading and things would just break, and it would just say bottom, 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 bottom. Did anybody have that happen? No? Hmm, good. I always like when I say bad things that happen and others like, no, it never happened to me. I'm like, oh, that's cool, because it happens to people other places, right? But the whole, the whole point being, we fixed a lot of that coding, so the tracking when you're in a book is awesome. And I'll, I can do some demonstration of that as well, if people 
would like to see it. With the plus, we are also now able to share the screen. Um, we can cast the Braille laptop, so you don't necessarily have to have a Wi-Fi connection to share your screen. If you have a smart TV, um, if you have a Chromecast, if you have a Google Home, you can just go into settings and go into connected devices and cast your sound or your screen. But you can also share your screen to something like TeamViewer Quick Support or something like, oh, I don't know, Zoom, right? Or there is actually a Windows kind of application called Connect that will let you just, it turns your computer into a, basically into a Chromecast um, on a Windows PC, anything running Windows 10, you can cast directly to your computer. So again, there are ways to send your screen over to someone who's sighted or to a parent or a peer or a teacher. Um, we also have the USB-C charging. So we kind of reworked that and that was a big one because it is definitely the new standard. We want everybody to kind of not have to worry about what way they're plugging things in. Um, it also has a better battery life. So we're looking at that 12-hour-ish battery life, uh, which I've noticed a lot, especially when I'm at conventions like this, um, being able to get and turn my Braille Love Touch Plus on and know that it'll be with me all day um, and not run out of juice is important. So we're able, able to do that. In terms of the uh, other kind of improvements here, I talked about the, the board, but it's we have 64 gigs of internal memory. Uh, we have four gigs of RAM, which is great. We are running um, a Snapdragon 820 processor, so it's kind of that, that what, what we're using in the galaxies. Um, and it, it really has that power. I talked about the 21 megapixel camera, uh, being able to, the device still comes with KNFD reader on it. We are gonna look for some improvements on, on that OCR side of things. Uh, being able to better OCR imported PDFs and things like that is something we definitely are looking at moving forward. How can we make that more seamless? How can we take a PDF and make it just a simpler process to throw it into something that's editable or something that's more navigable? So definitely important to us. The other pieces that are kind of on the radar uh, will definitely be some of this, you know, the ability to have um, email folders people ask for, for sure, being able to create folders within Keymail. Um, that will be something we're, we're looking into. And then just better integration with some cloud services, whether it's Drive, Dropbox, um, OneDrive, some of those pieces, right? Being able to more seamlessly move things around getting a little bit more of that support in the word processor, right? People want to see um, an easier way to create more advanced formatted documents, headers and footers, and all that wild stuff that we just can't do. We're really starting to look at what the future will look like for that, and that's that's awesome. Because again, our whole goal with this stuff is to promote Braille in, Braille out. We want there to be a always just that, that omnipresent Braille and being able to work in mainstream environments, whether it's Google Drive, whether it's you know cruising the web, whether it's going and watching a TV show, um, whatever it is you're going to be doing, we want you to be able to do that in a Braille first way. I would like to, at this point, jump into some demonstrations. Is that cool, or does anybody have any questions before I do that? Because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to run out of time. I have one quick question. Love it. Yes. 
So it's a great question. So under the cast option, when you're in your connected devices option, you have an option to connect to Chromebooks. I have a Chromebook and I have dabbled in doing it. Has anybody out here tried, does anybody have a Chromebook? And has anybody tried that in the room? I'm gonna take that as a no. Um, so what it's meant to do is you, you can send information, now in theory, because again, I haven't done this. I think on the newer Chromebooks, there are seamless ways to move content back and forth. Um, and your Braille touch can interface with them and kind of move content. I think you can also use it to cast the screen directly to a Chromebook as well. Much like we used to have Keyview, much like how I talked about that Connect application on Windows 10, um, it's, it's also going to give you the ability to do that to a Chromebook, so using it as a visual display. But I do think there is some functionality in there that will let you move information back and forth. I will delve into that, and I'd be happy to um, to look into more of that for you, because no, I have not kind of jumped in necessarily into that, even though I, I have a Chromebook and I, you know, I use Chromebox and things like that, and I, I just have not at the time. But I will jump in there if I'd be happy to give you card or something we can kind of, I can, I can figure out more of that. Do you use a Chromebook with your, with your touch? Yes, well, I'm starting to, and then, and then the Chromebook is working because I started speaking during the Yeah. Ah, I can't really use it. Can't hear anything. So, so, no, that's great. And yeah, so using it with a Chromebook, and so you're, you're, and you're right, a lot of the schools, <coughs> that you're coming into contact with. And most schools in this country are moving to that Google platform. They have drank, drunk, drank the Kool-Aid, right? They are all into the Google, which is cool um, because it's very cheap. It's a wonderful cloud sort of base and, it, and it's so easy to replace pieces once they go down. The other thing you'll notice in Google Docs, we're gonna look for some improvements with how we're working there. Um, we have really gotten rid of the lag issue in Docs. So you can type in real time, you're gonna get that word echo um, as you type there's no more substituted 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 um, which many of you have definitely had to deal with so that has been different and we'll kind of look as we go forward to see how we can implement different keyboard shortcuts into some of those drive docs slides sheets sort of environments uh, from what there are now I actually have a question yes question um so this is not like necessary this is more of like a point of That is a great question. So the question being, in the future, could I see a, you know, the symbols like a 246 and a 135 surrounding the links as opposed to the word link? I don't know if that would be doable at this point with the way that the API handles that information and spits it out. However, that doesn't mean that it's not, it couldn't happen at some point. I think we're definitely looking at how can we bring, the, how can we let the user kind of choose what KeyWeb looks like in a way? Um, to have all of that, you know, key web functionality that we're used to, but then bring in this modern stuff, and I think we will start to see some of it. But that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. Um, it would be definitely nice for, especially deafblind users, to be able to identify a link without having to read all the words, and then it says link. So I totally hear you there, and I will, I will definitely pass that along. It's a great, it's a great. Can you have a comment and question? Comment and question. Yes. I'm really glad to be able to. For providing the boost up program, um, you know, I purchased the 
So, so I really appreciate I, it. Uh, it's, uh, I love to hear you say that because there was, so that, you know, the, the boost up program that we implemented, we wanted 100% to bring people forward. We know how much this stuff is. We, we know that. Um, and unfortunately, it's just what it takes to kind of build these products and, and what it, for R&D and things. But what we, the last thing we wanted to do was to alienate people who bought the product. We, we, and, and believe me, there was much discussion on that price, and, and you know, many people wanted it to be higher. Um, many people wanted kind of to make it a different sort of program. Um, Andrew Flatters, who's our product manager, who's from the UK, uh, he is just very committed to what we do, and, and he and myself and, and others just really, really wanted to make sure that that didn't get out of hand. So the the boost up program. You know, we, we, I, I appreciate you saying that because it's good to hear because it's definitely took a lot of fighting at times to make that to make that work. So we definitely want to want everyone to come along with us because we know there's the vast difference on this product and we want people to come with us and enjoy it and be able to get there at, at less than a quarter of the price of the unit. That was important to us. Now, the demand has been staggering, it's been awesome. Um, we have we've really seen a surge in those transplants and those, those boost ups. So it's been it's been very well received. So I I'm, I appreciate that. And yeah, we, we definitely did it for a reason. So hopefully as we go forward too, we might see some other programs in terms of some some whether it's apexes or some other pieces of equipment that could be used as you know means to get the Braille Touch Plus as we move forward. There's nothing right now. And that doesn't mean that at some point we wouldn't try to extend something. I just don't know. One great thing is if you do, if you were able to purchase one at the show, um, you would get uh, another year of the care program for free. And that's that's big because again, maintenance is just as important as you know as getting the device. So we want to make sure that everyone can attempt or to get their devices cleaned every so often. Um, we you know we're reading, we're touching everything. Right? We touch everything in our lives, so it's like our braille displays over time will wear out. Um, we've all seen ghosting and all sorts of things on braille bots over time. And that's just a result of us just reading, reading, reading. And I have actually worked with deafblind users who have like worn their keys down because they use them so much, which is awesome. They're like perfectly smooth. And it's like wow, that's use, right? So, um, but it's it, I appreciate that. That's awesome. So we, we're very happy to to have the care care for. Yes. Okay. Um, this isn't a showstopper, but I'm wondering if, if you're going to be addressing email. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed is when I open a message and I want to back out, whether I hit the back key or space with E or whatever it is, uh, usually I wind up with another message, not the message I was reading. So I was wondering if, if any work would be I would love to see that. In that. I, I, that is something I've not been able to, I've not heard of, or, or duplicated or replicated, so I'd love to see what's going on, and then yes, we can certainly have a look at that. Anytime you're, any, so the, the, the question was about what is going on when I'm in a keynote message and I hit the back button or space with E, and it's dumping me into another message, um, and I have not seen that, so I'd love to, I'd love to address it. It's not dumping me into the message, but it's, when I go back to the 
list of messages. I'm landing at a different list. Oh, okay. So when you're backing out, you're landing yes. somewhere else. Yes. Okay. I will. I will definitely look and we'll see that that those sorts of things definitely we can have a look at um, and, and address with with the other thing sure. I've noticed is when I'm at the main menu, a lot of times now I've been looking with the Braille all over the screen, mm -hmm. and I often go to the applications menu. I hit the letter A, and the Braille display doesn't. I have but seen that I'm one there, as well. And then I hit it again, and I hear a beep. Right. So apparently, I must have gone there, but the Braille display doesn't catch up with you. I've seen that once or twice, and I've, I've logged that one as well. Sometimes when you press the letter initially from the main menu, it doesn't take you there. Um, which, yeah, we need to look at what's going on there and why. And, and it, it's not all the time, but it is definitely, sometimes it happens. So I need, we need to do a little more looking as to why that might be, and I'm sure, I'm sure we can figure that one out. Great, so, thank you. Perfect. I have a question related to email. Awesome. Is, and that's on a touch plus? Yeah. Okay. I so I'm wondering I I'd look at that too. I wonder if the message is still downloading somehow while you're reading. But I would I I would look to see I'd look at that as well. So your focus while you're reading a message, your focus is kind of jumping you around. Right. It's like you'll be reading, panning your inner thumb keys and then all of a sudden it just shoots you back up exactly. to the top. Okay. Yeah. Does it leave the web view or does it keep you in the web view and put you at the top of the message? It I will totally look and again, if I can reproduce these things, I can totally log them and we can get them looked at. Um, and then it's just a matter of getting an app update or something to get them addressed. So it's, th thanks for bringing it up. I will have a look. Um, all right, everybody, let's do, a little, let's do a little what's coming, all right? And then I'll take some more questions and then I will talk about the brilliant 14. So in terms of what is coming, let me turn my speaker on and let me crank it up before everyone yells at me because they can't hear number, 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 number. Manager, so, Now, <laughs> in the back of the room, can you hear that? Yes. Because okay. yeah. I don't want, it's just a, it's a Bose micro sound link. It's, it's not, it's great, but it's not like booming like uh, some like a PA system would be. Um, but I can always try to mic it if you can't hear it. Number. But we'll put it there. So, one quick thing to remember when you're connected to a Bluetooth device or you're streaming media, your volume controls are five would enter or two would enter. They are separate from your dot four would enter and one would enter. It's the way Android works now. So, if you're streaming, I'm going to do a, if I have time, I'll do some Sling TV and we'll watch some God knows what channel I'll find. Uh, but we'll watch something and when while that's playing, I want to adjust that volume. It's five and two would enter. A lot of people want to use four and one would enter, but that's, that's your speech volume. So keep in mind when you're streaming something, it's going to be separate. Okay, what I'm going to talk about is a first step, and this is this is an alpha. I want Contact. to be like very clear, right? I got this on Wednesday from our developers. <coughs> so it is not perfect, but it is a start. We have been asked for years, why can we not select non-editable text, right? I'm on the web, or I'm in a book, or I'm somewhere, and I'm not able to select text. And the, the short answer is because there was no such thing as an API to let you do that from Google. It did not exist. So 
we worked with Google and our first stab at this, then what I, it, this will improve, this is our first stab at this, is going to be the ability for you to use the speech buffer to select text. And many of us are familiar with Android, I can do a four finger, I'm oh, sorry, what's three finger quadruple tap to copy your last utterance to the pasteboard. This will work similarly, but it's a lot better because it's not just one occurrence. What I mean by that is I can just move down a bunch of things and copy all of it to the clipboard. The, the only thing to remember is I do have to have speech on. I could have the volume turned all the way down, but speech does have to be on. So with speech on, I am on the main menu right now, just to kind of give you a sense of how this works. We'll just select some text right off the main menu. What I'm going to do is, at any, anywhere I am, as long as speech is on, and again, you can have your volume at zero, but speech does have to be on, I can press enter with S. Selection start. And it will say selection start. Nothing flashes, right? There's no cursor or anything. But now at this point, anything that is spoken is going to be put into the, into the buffer. And I've tried this on all, uh, lots of lines of text and it's gone pretty far, so I don't know the exact limit to this at this point, but I'm assuming you could do whole articles and pages and all sorts of things. But again, in its current form, the way this works is, I am able to move down my list, so let's just start moving down. Contacts, key list, email, email internet, word processor, play store, planner, file manager, calculator, easier reader plus. And so on, right? So I'm just moving down my main menu. Let's say I'm ready to stop selecting. I'm gonna press enter with S again. Selection end. Right? And now I've ended my selection, so it started with contacts, I ran down. Notice that I didn't have to let it read everything, I was just moving. But anything it comes across will be copied. So now at this point, if I press backspace with Y, and I'm doing this with one hand, so bear with me. But if I do this right, copied spoken content to clipboard. We can copy, it says copied spoken content to clipboard. So at this point, if I'm in an editable field, like a word processor, word processor keyword. Button, We're going to get rid of whatever was here for the booth today. Keyword menu, create, edit box, okay. end of document. So I'm in a document. If I paste, so again, backspace with V, doing this one handed over here, it's going to paste what was on my clipboard. It's hard to type a backspace V with one hand. But I did it. All right. So now, my document. If I read this out loud, you will hear that it started with, you know, I'm going to have my. I go down line by line. Email, email, internet, Chrome, word processor, keyword, and so Play on. Store. The point here is, it's taking what was spoken and it's copying that. I just this though it is it's a start and it's awesome because wherever I am, anything that's spoken, I can now copy that non-editable text. There are some pieces to this that will be funky that we'll have to get used to and we'll have to work around. And, and again, it's all about there's going to be growing pains here in terms of. When I'm copying text off the web, if something is linked, that word linked is going to be in there because it's spoken. So we're going to have to do some find and replace and a couple things here and there. But this is a start. How many people have asked for this for at least three years? Okay, some class, people like, no, no one cares? Oh, that's too bad. I like the hesitant golf claps. Those were cool. That was pretty awesome. It was like, time might have asked for it. I don't know. But again, the ability to select that text. So and it's not just limited to the web, right? It's anywhere where text can be spoken. So you could be in a, in a book or reading your newspaper or coming across that recipe online, and you can take that text into the buffer and throw it down into a keyword document or anywhere where you can where there's an editable field. Um, so we've, we've definitely 
started that. That will be coming at some point in probably sometime in later this summer. I would guess in September, August, September, somewhere in there. It won't be too far off now that we've got the alpha. It'll go to beta at some point and then it will, then it will, then it will be released. So that's the first big thing that we're going to see. Um, in addition to some localizations like Arabic and French and some of those things that, that will be coming as well. The second thing that we're working on, and again, there will be a lot more. These are just the two things I was given because I was just, I was mean about getting something to show everybody at the, at the show. Like, guys, I'm going to ACB. Like, come on, you got to give me something, you know? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to the main menu. And we are now going to kind of look at how we can customize our main menu. And what this is, is it's going to be called the My Keysoft menu, right? So, or My Main Menu. We haven't really come up with a name yet. I like My Main Menu or My Keysoft or something like that. But what we're essentially doing is we're saying every time I press the home button, I want to use this customized main menu. Because people have asked for a long time. I use Bard a lot, but I never use the Braille terminal. Or I want to add, I don't know, Amazon and Sling TV to my main menu because I use them all the time, right? So what we've done is we've created something called the, the I'm hoping it'll be called My Keysoft Menu. But the way that we activate that is by pressing Backspace, Enter, and X. Don't ask me why. That's the command. I don't know. But when we press Backspace with Enter and X, again, this will be a real fun one to do with one hand. I'm going to make an F. My Keysoft Menu. Yes. Okay. So it said My Keysoft Menu. There will be five apps in here by default, which you can remove. Those five apps are your core, think of like your most basic apps, word processor, email, internet, easy reader, file manager. Those are going to be in your My Keysoft menu. And what you can do to add or remove something, you will press space with the letter X. So if I want to add Sling TV to this menu, so again, remember every time now at this point, if I press full cell with space, I will come to the my, my main menu, right? My key software. The main menu is gone. I can get back to it, which I'll talk about. But there is no more main menu. I'm customizing this at this point. I'm saying I want to use the customized menu. So if I want to add an app to this, let's say I press the letter A because there's all applications. All applications. Right? Right below those five apps. And this is where I would come in and add things. So let's come in here. Main menu all apps. Amazon shopping. All right, and I have lots and lots Adblock. of apps here, app lock and all sorts of things, but I'm going to press the letter S. Screen mirroring, settings, sheets, serious, slides. All right, we're going to come down Sling to Sling TV. We want to put Sling TV on our main menu. So I'm going to press space with X when I'm focused on it. Sling TV added to menu. And now it's added to menu. So that means that my main menu, if I go to it, I press my home, my home button or full cell with space. My Keysoft menu. Right, we're back on the My Keysoft menu. If I press S now, Sling TV. I'll have Sling TV. So what this does is this gives us the ability, much like on your desktop <laughs> or on your home screen with your iPhone, you can pin or put apps on your main menu that aren't there by default. And you can take things away. You could just have your main menu be one thing. It just be the word processor. Or it could just be, I don't know, some random app about sewing. I have no idea. But whatever you want, you can throw, you can customize and throw those, throw those apps on there. So this is something that we'll be working on as well. People have, have kind of asked us for um, in terms of future sort of updates. So 
that will be awesome. I know that there will be a lot more of the other things that we're, that we're going to be doing, but I'm just so glad to be able to have something um, that's pretty cool to, to, to have and to look at. Does, does that matter to you guys? Do you like seeing that? Like, does, does yeah. the customized yeah. menus yeah. and the yeah. selecting? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I think um, definitely it's, it's been something that comes up, and I, I think we will slowly start seeing a lot of those things chipped away that have been up for many, you know, many months. People saying, why can't I, you know, do A, B, and C? And we're starting, these are the first two of those things, and we'll start to chip away at, at some of them. Now, if I want to get rid of this custom menu and just say, well, I want my main menu back, remember that backspace with enter and X command determines what my main menu is. Is it the main menu or is it the my key software? So if I press backspace enter X, it just brings me back to the main menu. And now every time I press full cell space, I'm on the main menu. So basically that command of backspace enter and X, it just determines am I using the main menu with all the main menu apps we know, or am I going to customize and have the my key software? Peter? Yes. Question. Question. What happens when you turn in your office? No, you will wind up with whatever you have set. So, so the question was, if you turn your unit off, and then you turn your unit back on, will you be at the main menu, or are you going to get this custom menu? It's going to be whatever you're using. If you are using the custom menu, you will be put on that custom, you know, your my key soft menu. But if you're someone who uses the main menu, you'll just be on the main menu. Uh, question, actually. Yes. Um, on the my key soft menu, um, can you, like how they have like contact key list, could you like assign special so like custom like custom label each option? Yeah. We're looking at custom labeling. Yeah, at some point you will be able to custom label. I think we'll more so start that with unlabeled buttons in apps. But that doesn't mean that at some point we wouldn't be able to to you know, I don't see why we can rename those options. The other thing is I want to which I can't do right now, I want you to be able to choose the order that things appear in. Um, I think at first you'll see that it will just be word processor, internet email, uh, easy reader file manager in order, and then anything you add to the menu will go below those. You can use first letter navigation, but eventually it'd be nice to say, when I go to the main menu, I just want it to be on Sling TV as my very first option. And then number two would be blah, 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 number three would be whatever. So we're looking at that. The first, the little thing I have right now from the developers just has the Keysoft, my Keysoft menu, doesn't have the ability to organize or pin them in certain orders. Any other? Love it. So the question is, what is the easiest way to play music? You have a built-in media player. The answer is there are many, many ways to play music. I so there, there's two parts to the question. So the easiest thing right now is, is probably Google Music. It's not it's not hard to work with. I use um, I've used VLC. I've used many different media players, but the real answer to your question is we, we will be putting in, much like the Apex had, our own basic media player with the ability to route your cursor to specific parts of the song. Uh, people really like that, and I know we had uh, a version of it that almost went out and then it was kind of broken, so I never really saw it. But, uh, but we will be looking at creating some, some media player options ourselves. But for right now, Google Music does anybody else use VLC or anything that anyone out, out there recommends to play songs, tunes, anything? Not streaming, but play files. I have my iPhone, so I'd be able to use <coughs> an Apple Music account, and 
Yeah, you can use Apple Music, absolutely. Absolutely, I mean, I use Spotify and things, but I think the question though is more so for files that you want to play, not so much streaming. I think like if you have a song, an MP3, and you want to play it, where would you play it? And I think generally it, it would probably be easiest to do Google Music, but there are so many options, and some are better than others, and I, I, um, you know, and I, I don't know if, have, have you tried Google Music, or? Oh no! You can totally use Apple Music. You could use you could use many many things um, to to play <laughs> different files. You also don't have to pay for Google Play Music. Just nope. use it as a player. Right. Right. If you're using it as a player, it just opens your tracks. Whatever MP3s or whatever audio you throw its way, it will it will play. I tried using VLC, but for whatever reason, the audio kept cutting out. The audio wasn't good. And there's many versions of that app. I haven't tried it lately. I used to play with it on the original Touch, uh, but I haven't tried it. And seeing kind of what they've done with the new Touchbox. Any other questions? And I guess this also opens itself. I do want to talk about PI14, but guys, this is your chance. 534 p.m. It is 534 in Chicago. Does anyone care? Um, okay, does, sure. I, so we so much like the Braille Touch, we have full QT support on the Touch Plus. That will be with a Bluetooth keyboard or with a USB keyboard. We have heard from people in, in certain places that they want the keyboard cover um, with a QT keyboard on it. It is something that we look at. I will say that there is something that we're looking at that would be a QT sort of Braille solution um, that will be hopefully in the not too distant future um, that, that, we're, that we're hoping will be something we can bring forward. Actually, I, I know we'll be able to. But I, the, the hardest part for us with the QT setup of the overlay is much like when you get a keyboard you don't like, a lot of the complaints were that it, it is too small. The keyboard, and again, this is where we, we walk a very fine line. When we, when we design a product, it has to suit the needs of the broadest user base we have. So if we're forcing you to put your hands on a QT keyboard, where the keys are too small for you, you'll never use it, right? But if they're perfect for you, that's great. Or, you know, it, it's really, really tough. So the overlay, we got a lot of kind of negative feedback over the years on the fact that that keyboard, it had too many keys and too small of a form factor. We don't want to increase the size of the product. So our solution was, you can use any keyboard you want, like a multi-channel keyboard or anything, and we do have it fully mapped. Every Keysoft command does have full QT support. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming that you really like the size of just that overlay keyboard, right? Like I what you get on your hands. I wanted one thing, so I didn't have to have a, a Bluetooth keyboard in size. Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I fully, I totally hear you. And I wonder, so if, if, if you have the ability to do that, would you want the exact, like, no change from that Apex keyboard that you that you had for the Apex, the M Power, zero change, because it would have to, as opposed to something different. What would your preference be on the QT overlay? Well, see, I happen to have small hands, so uh, I didn't mind the keyboard at all. Sure. Awesome. No, it's it's. I love. This comes up for sure. 
The other thing that, that has come up that we are going to be implementing is the one-handed support on the Touch Plus. It is not there yet, it will be coming. Uh, it was on the Touch, and we'll be bringing it into the Plus. But the QT, I mean, I, I will see Andrew um, later this week, and I, I will, again, I drill it into a big book. They're still asking for that QT support, that built-in cover. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's just no product out there right now that has it, so it would be really nice to do. I, I totally, totally agree. Um, and it'd be great to have, so I will reiterate once more um, that you never know, you never know. And I know I know we're looking at some QT solutions, I will say that. Can I ask you one more question about the uh, text selection? Yeah, uh, text selection. So I'm positive, so it's a great, great question. So the question is, if I'm selecting text with this current alpha that I have, and I start at the top of an article, and I don't want to hear the whole thing, and I'm just going, dip, 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 and I think, oh my gosh, I went three lines too far, and I try to back up, will it, you know, it, I guarantee you it would, it would continue to copy that, you know, or select that text. Okay. It wouldn't cut it. Now, that's what I have right now, but I'm also, Positive that there will be this is this is yeah I mean it, it's it's totally something that you know that we'll figure out. But what do you do if you go too far? How can you? And I, I think that's just kind of where we are now in terms of this very first alpha kind of stab at hey check this out right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very valid. What do you do when you went too far? And realistically, this is not a not at all a perfect solution. I mean, you have to have speech on. It. We want to not have speech on. It. Uh, we want to be able to do it just right from the braille display, you know. Uh, we want to be able to seamlessly throw a marker or a cursor somewhere and do what we did on the Apex or do what, yes. we, what we do on different devices where we block what we want. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't exist at all on Android. So we're working with Google, and this is our first crack at it, and then we'll definitely, definitely it will improve uh, over time. I have a question regarding this as well. Yeah. What if you're in a keyboard document? Will the old selection still work? Yes. Okay. So the question is, in editable fields, it will be exactly as is. Where you do enter with S, you get your flashing cursor, find your ending point, enter with S, you know, and then you'll block that, and you can copy, cut, paste, whatever you want. It will be exactly the same with editable text. That no, won't change. No speech required. Nope. No speech required. So right. it's enter with S, not the block commands like on the Apex? No, we'll never see the block. We'll, yeah. It okay. works in that model, okay. but it's enter with S. A basic kind of three-part question. Yeah, I guess it's not basic. It's pretty um, cool. This, this is going from like uh, most important to least important. So my What's first part of the question um, is like, will key math and key count be um, combined? Because I know like on Desmos, there's that. Mm -hmm. like, you can like put like log. Totally. Okay. Do you want to go? Is that do you want to keep going? <coughs> is that is that the first part of your question? Or is that the whole thing? Uh, no, yeah. Okay, so so I'll take it one at a time. So the question is, will key math and key count kind of be combined? 100% yes, they will. Q 
Keith Math is going to take on a role of a of, of really what, what what we would envision as the old Apex sort of fractions and you know lots of things that we had that we don't have anymore. Keith Math will do full calculations and all sorts of things. That is something we will definitely be bringing in as we go forward. Key Math will become far more robust in terms of it also being a calculator, much like Desmos is. So yes to that question. Oh, the games. The games. Everyone loves the games. The old text games. You get those masks. Everybody remember ever getting masks from all those statues or whatever they were? You would like run around the castle. Um, so there's two. The first question, though, and I'll get to the games one in a second. The first piece is about um, you know what we can do with the file manager and being able to have a zip or unzip utility. I. I don't know what we will see. I strongly recommend Easy on RAR because it's great and it works very well. There are many different tools that you can get to unzip files. Um, I know what you're saying. It'd be great to have something that just did it. And I'm not saying we're not, we won't do it. It's definitely not at the forefront of what we're looking at in terms of, I think our number one priorities and where I see is us being able to really grow is integrating nice, seamless PDF support into Keyword. Uh, being able to have a far more robust version of key math with full calculations, maybe even getting to the point where we can just do it right in keyword, um, being able to customize or work with, with email, um, and being able to create mailboxes or save messages or do some of those things people, people have wanted. Um, and then also, you know, bringing some of that, that shortcut support forward in the third party apps. Uh, better integration with Microsoft Word or with PowerPoint or with some, some, some other apps like that, Google Drive. The, the zip and unzip piece, it would be nice, but I, I don't think we'll see it at this point, just because there are there are tools that can do it. That doesn't mean we won't get there, but uh, uh, I will totally pass it along to, to our developers. What was the app that you said for um, file management? Like the thing so for zipping and unzipping, it's called Easy Unraw. Can you spell that? Easy, like U N R A R. Okay. Easy unrar. Easy un R A R. So that would be one tool that I recommend. There are a bunch. There's one called AndroZip. Chris, what did you guys? I looked at it. Do they? One thing I didn't like, and this was personal preference, is that you when it unzipped it, it unzipped it into an Android zip folder. So a person had to rename it. So if you're unzipping multiple, like I unzipped like three or four books into the same folder before I figured it out. Okay, just so read My folder turned out to be a mess. Oh, okay. So I, I, you have to, you'd have to rename, you'd have to exit the program and rename the folder to get the unzipped. I use, uh, I actually have been using the Android app, and it's like I guess it's hard to um, choose where the zip contents go. Where it goes. I easy on RAR is nice because it just does it. Like it, it just does it, throws it in the downloads folder. You can even pick other places, but I, I like the way it works. The other the other app, um, there there was a 
third one that some people were using that I don't think they made. It's called like Zip Zipco or something like that. But there are, there are tools for that. But are there anything? I mean, we have about 15 minutes, and I'm happy. To eat. I mean, Robert and I are in here. Back well, Robert, Robert's going to be here next. I'll introduce him with a really wild, rousing introduction, and then I'll just sit down. Um, but any features or questions? Please, yeah, it's it's all good. I do want to talk about Braille briefly. Okay, I have a question, and I realize I missed a lot of this, so if you covered it, um, but with regard to the calculator, um, do you still, and I, I really haven't had a question for very long, so I hardly know it, but do you still have to use um, computer rail, or do you use UV? So as of right now, you have to use computer rail. So what, what I was, what I was kind of mentioning earlier is that we're looking at taking KeyMath to the next level and making it that old Apex feel and making it a calculator very much more robust actual calculator. When we do that, you will be able to use Nemeth or UEV because you're using key math at that point. You're saying perform a calculation. So you'll be able to do UEV math or Nemeth code. Um, I know how much everyone loves UEV math. I know it's everyone's favorite math, but um, that is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but but you would be able to use it, yes. Yeah, because it is a really big um, drawback. Yeah. Students are, you know, they need to know Absolutely. They are going to come across it. It's like going all backwards. Time. Yep. No, so you're you are absolutely correct. Yeah, and we we will be we will be expanding that into um, into key math and making key math a far more robust calculator. Yeah, because the the Apex calculator is. I can't migrate my bookmarks from the Touch to Touch Plus, and so uh, I had sync my bookmarks over from Firefox on the Touch. Mm -hmm. Didn't sync over. Hmm, that is a good one because it worked for me. So you, you had you had your bookmarks. Did they import? Were you able to see them on your computer? Yeah. So you, you were able to import them on your computer, but you could not get them to sync. I would like to. I'd have to look at your Google account. It must be. It could also be that. It could be something to do. I think there secretly is some kind of Chrome mobile settings buried in Chrome. And it could be that they're just not set right. I will look into that for sure because it should work. If you imported them, they should carry over to Chrome and it should sync with all devices that are signed in. The only other thing I could think of is, do you have multiple Google accounts on your device or just one? Um, I, I, I have a Right. Because I'm wondering if your Chrome is oh, it's one of them is superseding the other, and they're not like talking correctly to each other. Something because it definitely is something on a Chrome side that the, the browser just for some reason isn't seeing that when it's signed in. So I, and you're seeing them on your iPhone and on your computer, it's not, or, or other places, just not on your Plus, correct? Okay. I will definitely like to. I will look into that, and we'll see what we can do. We can. Um, if that's something you guys want to see, I can create written materials on different things, sure. I mean, myself or Rachel. How many, does, that, does anybody know who Rachel Feinberg is? Oh, yeah. Clap? Oh. yeah, Rachel's here. So Rachel Feinberg's in the Bay Area. Rachel, you should clap your hands if you're in the room. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> so Rachel is an awesome resource for that stuff, too. Um, so I just so you want to know. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can always work on, if there are guides or materials that you want to see, 
um, we can always put those things together. So that would be a good one um, for that sort of thing. And I, we will be coming out with many more. I've, I've started working on some new snapshot tutorial videos. Andrew has started working on some videos for the Touch Plus and really to help you do some pretty, I'm trying to do some things on spreadsheets, some things on Google Slides, um, some things on how to work with, um, you know, screen sharing and things like that. Can you edit Google Docs and get an iPod? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can edit them, and then on the Touch Plus, you'll get you'll get actual speech in terms of while you're typing. It's a far the lag is is just gone from what it was. So you can edit Docs absolutely right in the app. Can you bring two grip? Wow, something on backing up to the cloud because I'm still a little confused on how that works. So backing up to the cloud is unique in that you can. So the, the way it works is. Your files will only back up to the cloud if you force them. If you put things in Drive, they will back up to the cloud. But in terms of your settings, your apps, your Wi-Fi networks, all of that can be saved and stored in the cloud. So that if you reset your unit, you can restore from a backup. I do this all the time when I install crazy alpha Miro software that makes my stuff go crazy. I will revert you know, or, or reinstall from, from, from an Android backup. So if, if you have your unit set to back up, you can restore your real note touch from you know from the cloud when you set it up. It will be it will, it will be your apps. It's not going to be like your credentials for those apps, but the apps you have installed, as well as your Wi-Fi networks and your um, your um, your Wi-Fi networks, your apps, and then your data credentials like your Google accounts and some other things can sync. But it's not your files that are living in key files. If they are only on your device, you definitely want to either add them to Drive or Dropbox or somewhere. They're not going to automatically sync. Those are stored locally. So guys, I want to spend a couple minutes just talking about the new Brilliant 14. I know I've talked about this here before. Um, we are going to be updating the Brilliant 14 in about a week. So the update will do a couple of things. You're going to be able to unlock your iPhone from the device. Uh, much like you could if you ever used the Vario Ultra, you can wake up your phone with it, so you can have your phone in your pocket and actually wake it up with the Brilliant 14. Um, you will also be able to sync Exchange accounts. So if you use Microsoft or Outlook, you can now use those notes as well, so in addition to the IMAP protocol. So you can sync that as well. It's another big one. Some, a couple of changes just with like the cursor blinking, um, the ability to change the way new lines are rendered. You can have a render to space, you know, blank lines or that eight dot full cell. Um, turning off vibrations on, you know, when devices are connected. Some little features like that. The two big ones, though, are going to be the ability to wake up your phone and then that um, ability to add exchange accounts into Brilliant Sync. One quick thing is that Google has changed some protocols and there is a very slight chance that on July 15th, the Brilliant Sync app won't work for a couple days because we're trying to get a new version. We need to get a new version approved. They kind of sprung this on us at the end of June. So we're hopeful that won't affect what we do, but it may, and we're working with Google to make sure we can get it compliant. So there could be a little bit of a blip in the Brilliant Sync app on the Apple side of things. Um, just keep that in mind. And I don't know if that will happen or not. It'll be a week from today. Oh, a week from tomorrow. I think on the 16th is when they said that this new whatever there, Google does this from time to time where you know they update security measures and things and they want to make things as secure as possible. So the, we need to kind of fix that Brilliant Sync app. I'm hoping it won't really matter, but in the case that it does, just be aware 
Does anybody here have a brilliant 14? Yes. So yeah, we'll be looking to, to bring to bring that forward as well. We also have the Braille Trail Reader LE, which is our quota funds from APH. So if you are a student or you have students, they can get a brilliant 14 on quota funds. Um, and it's called the Braille Trail Reader LE. And it has an app. The only thing that will set it apart from the Brilliant 14 is there's a Windows application that will let you move TXT or BRF files from your PC to the Braille Trail Reader L. Um, will that also work on the Brilliant 14? It won't. <laughs> Not yet, at least. And so part of that is when, when we have a product on quota funds, it has to be differentiated in some way. That doesn't mean that eventually we won't just be able to release that, um, you know, Braille Trail Reader software as like really 14 software in terms of the file transfer, but not yet. So stay tuned. Um, I, I, I don't. It, it's not a, it, you know, it's, it's not something that's huge. I think it, I think it will come to be blunt at some point. I just don't know when. But as of right now, the differentiator is that. So we won't see that file transfer come to the. Um, Brilliant 14. What we will see and what we need to work on our next piece is there are the ability to copy notes from local to your accounts. Um, you know, copy them between those those areas. So if I take a note in my local folder and I want to put it into my notes folder, uh, we need to be able to do that. So we're working on that. And then just some pieces of maybe someday being able to update the Brilliant right from the Brilliant Sync app and some other things will, will be coming. So we're looking at, at how we can do that better. And the, the Brilliant 14 I still, I've had my paired since last October, which has been pretty cool, and it hasn't come unpaired. So that is one of the most rock solid pairing Braille displays I've ever seen. So for somebody who is deaf blind, um, or for somebody who really needs that, it's, it's fantastic. So I would love any more questions. I didn't get to play my Sling TV demo, but um, that's okay. It's, it's all good. Yes. That is a great question. So when you type in contracted braille, it does not say the letter, it gives you the dots. Now, the reason why that happens is, and there is no good way, it's, it's a UEB issue. Even on the iPhone, which does good, there are times though where you type, let's say you're typing a closing parenthesis or something. And or you're, there are certain symbols you type and it's, it's not saying them correctly. Because UEB is contextual in those cases. So if I type a dot five and then an AR, we don't want it to say AR, right? Or if I'm typing, I don't know, some letters and then I drop or drop an F and it's gonna say, or whatever, you know, FF or something, um, when it's an exclamation point. When you type those, it's saying the dot configurations because of, it doesn't translate until you hit the space bar. If it translated right away, in theory, it could say those dots right away, but it does not know what they are until it looks at the context of the word, if that makes sense. What we're looking at doing, and this is, I don't talk about this so much with this group, because it's generally more of an education thing, but I'd like your feedback in the, in the last four minutes here, two minutes. We are looking at adding learning tables into the Braille Notes Touch Plus. Duxbury, for those of you who transcribe or if you're a Brailleist or you know people who do that, Duxbury has thousands of these learning tables that follow various Braille learning methods and teaching methods like Van Gold or TSBDI or, and basically, 
what we're looking at doing is if you have a kiddo, or you yourself, if you're learning grammar, <coughs> try to learn grade two, but you don't know, the only contractions you know are AR and ST, right? Then we could set it where those are the only contractions that are shown when you read or write. Would that be helpful instead of just saying grade one or grade two, kind of blanket? Or is it not really why here? I think it's because it really is more so of an education or a learning sort of thing. But I think we're going to be looking at how we can add those contractions into, you know, into what is what is displayed as well as what is input. So stay tuned, stay tuned for that. But the reason why those dots are being spoken of is because the translation happens once you press that space bar. So that's why you're hearing dots three, four, five, and then we hit space, you hear the word far. Or you're pressing two, five, six, and then you know the same period after, after you're done. So that's kind of why why that's happening. Yeah, on the plus, so the question was, can you set key echo to characters, words, and characters, and words, or words? Yes. It's it's in the options menu okay. um, under keyboard settings. So when you're in there, you can customize what you want your key echo to be. Okay. Much like you can customize your new line rendering or your, you know, your... One thing I'd like to see is, is possibly for us to get a way to, to the cursor state, right? Can we flash it or can we not flash it? Just some of that stuff we'll, we'll look at for you. Uh, but, but yes, yes, you can. Anything else quickly on features that you guys would like to see? Is there a question in the back? So you might have a language profile that's using grade two US Braille, and then you might have another one that's using UEB, you know, grade two, or, or you might have, you, or you might do your work in KeyBRF, or, and we're gonna be looking at some of that too with, with how we can move things between KeyBRF and Keyword and so on. But yes, you can use whatever Braille grade is most comfortable for you. If it's US grade one, or if it's from Yoruba, right, you can, you can use that in, in your files, and you just you would want to configure a language profile if you're if you're wanting to use multiples. Just create a language profile that's also English but uses a different Braille table, and then you can switch between US and UEB with one keystroke. Like, like Absolutely. So the question was, can they use multiple languages? So you could run up to ten language profiles. There are many. We will support about three hundred Braille tables. The touch and the plus can both do that, yes. The plus, what we're working on would be some you know, language identification in the middle of a document, much like JAWS does, where it'll be like, and then I went to the store, and I you know, and you're like, what? Like, so we're looking at doing some of that, um, where it can identify as you read. But yes, you can work in multiple languages, both creating and consuming content, um, up to 10, 10 different ones at a time. L with enter is the quick command for changing language profiles. Okay. L with enter. And then you get your TTS voices either from the Play Store. Google TTS has tons. I was working with a kiddo. So we use the acapella voices, for instance. And I was working with a kiddo who speaks Thai. And he's like, well, I want to use Thai. 
there's no acapella Thai voice. I said, yeah, but Google has one. So we just use the Google TTS. And they have many more languages than acapella does. So if you read a language or you, or you speak a language or you're working in a language that isn't supported by acapella, you can generally find a TTS voice for that language somewhere. Um, so keep that in mind, whether it's in the Play Store or whether Google provides it natively. Um, just don't, don't only look at acapella, because they're limited to about 12 or 13, 14 languages, where Google has way more. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know it's Sunday night. I know this is awesome. I love coming here, and thank you for being at another fun-filled ACB convention. And the best thing is, is next year you're in my town. So get into Chicago and eat some beef. It'd be awesome. Oh, that's right. But if, if there's any last questions, I'll be up here hanging. So um, you can feel free to ask me. Robert and I will resume at 7.15 Eastern Standard Time in this same room, at the same seats you're in, unless you want to change seats with your neighbors, but you have to talk to them. But we'll see you, everybody, in 15 minutes. But I'll be up here if anybody has questions. Thanks, guys.